This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Brazil generally gets through La Nina's without losing too much production. The Mato Grosso is typically unscathed, making up for lower production in the northeast or southernmost Brazil, as well as losses in Argentina, where production is usually hurt most. CONAB and USDA have been holding on to their 133 million metric ton soybean estimate from Brazil. The La Nina was harder on the Mato Grosso than usual, with a poor start on record, followed by too much rain delaying their soybean harvest, which in turn is causing the delay in planting the second crop corn. Their early soybean yields are disappointing, so we expect the production will slip a bit from current estimates. La Nina lowers Argentina's yield was the title of an article written by DTN senior meteorologist Bryce Anderson. It is Argentine production that correlates closest to La Nina and takes the hit. The climatologists that we follow are forecasting damaging March conditions for Argentina. Dry weather persists buffered by cool temperatures. They see adverse weather persisting for Argentina. La Nina doesn't appear to be going anywhere soon. The soil oil chart continues to exude bullishness, which was supportive to the soy complex. The dollar rally attempt this week failed. Trade since January appears to be a correction in the downtrend for the dollar. New lows should lie ahead for the dollar as U.S. fiscal policy dilutes its value by making so many more of them. New crop November soybeans were up since the USDA announced 90 million acres will get planted. They are a buy, not a hedge. They are a dollar too low for the tank carryover that we have and the weather risk being faced. Neither wheat nor cotton markets appear very happy about getting cut out of adding more acres by USDA. They have to defend the acres that they have. The bottom line that we took from the USDA's balance sheet update was that even with higher acreage, it's going to take good weather to be able to add any buffer to U.S. carryovers. This year's Chinese demand was not a one-off, and they're going to be in the market consistently in the future. USDA has been behind the demand curve on demand and needed to catch up. I think that despite higher acreage, that it's going to take more than one year to ease tight balance sheets. The export outlook for U.S. meat continues to be bright as well. 64% of pork demand growth the last two years has come from exports. They estimate that the Chinese pork production has recovered 14%, and that is the trend and trajectory. It is still well below pre-African swine fever levels, and pork prices in China remain elevated. Our pork was cheap in relationship to world pork prices, and the dollar is not where it was a year ago. The wind for the export market is still to the back of these industries. On the cattle, there were a lot of questions about why plants were not killing that were being answered with, it's the weather. That is a good excuse as any, but it feels to me like packers look for any excuse to curtail the kill, having figured out how much leverage that gives them. Fires, pandemics, and winter ice storms appear to make packers a lot of money. It reinforces their market leverage against both feedlots and retailers, so they squeeze both ends. Feedlots cannot stay current without packers killing cattle. The trade looks for January marketings in Friday afternoon's report to be 94.7%. There were two fewer days this January, so that skews the comparison. Nevertheless, marketings may have been short. I have outlined the situation that last spring's COVID shutdown of the industry, first having backed up cattle that were marketed last fall, 
before the subsequent drop in placements created a hole in marketings that I believe that we have been in. Placements then resurged. So there would be a wad of cattle in front of us again. CME group economists say that the number of cattle on feed 150 days and longer was up 123% February 1st. The winter storm may have backed up cattle this week just as we were coming into larger numbers again. Cash did trade steady firm under disruption. On ethanol, industry performance has been extremely individual by company. We've seen more than one shakeout over the years as strong hands replaced weak ones. Green Plains Renewable Energy is a publicly traded ethanol company. I use the description ethanol company loosely because they have been in and out of a lot of things including cattle feeding. They're trying to diversify what comes out of their plants into more things than just ethanol. Green Plains Renewable Energy stock has been a literal roller coaster, trading $3.77 a share about this exact time a year ago. It was trading $26.12 a share as I wrote this. That was a green good deal. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Thank you.